I dropped her off in the lobby and, and went to get the vehicle. And I, I couldn't even make it across the parking lot after receiving that news. And I collapsed in the parking lot praying, just begging God for a miracle. I remember finally getting to the truck and picking Rachel up. We had to drive across the street on Harper Road in Beckley to another specialist. As we went to that specialist, he did some things and asked some questions. He said, you need to get to Morgantown, West Virginia. He said, as soon as you can get there. He said, and we didn't realize this at the time, but Dr. McBee was his friend. We knew that. And uh, it was months and months to get into that one particular doctor. He called Dr. McBee on the cell phone and said, he's my friend. We went to school together. I'm going to get you into Dr. McBee. This was on Thursday. By Monday, we was in Morgantown, West Virginia. By Monday, she was in the hospital, lying in a hospital bed. And uh, there's a lot of distractions going on right now. <laughs> By Monday, she was lying in a hospital bed. They began to run tests. And all these things began to take place immediately in Rachel's life. When she was lying in the hospital bed, I remember praying and asking and begging God to do something. My faith was amazing. I, I had strong faith, believing that God was going to answer my prayer. I, I know that this church and many of you began to pray immediately and you began to ask God to heal Rachel of that, the cancer that was in her body. And a few days later, by Friday, she was in the surgery. and She had a nine-pound tumor inside of her stomach. It began with the ovaries, ovarian cancer. She had tumors in her ovaries. After the surgery, Dr. McBee came out. Dr. McBee made the statement that the surgery went good, but she'll definitely have to have chemotherapy and there'll be certain things that'll have to be done. They literally cut her from the top to the bottom. There was 32 staples in the front of her body. I remember asking God to heal her, begging God to do something miraculous. A couple weeks after that happened, the surgery we got the phone call and God healed her and God said that the doctor said that there would have to be no chemotherapy and no, no further treatment. And it was an amazing thing to see God heal my wife. I remember a couple months finally I was able to get back on the road and I began to preach in this particular passage. Allow me to make this statement. It was easy to preach this passage when we received the miracle. What God was saying through the pen of Peter, it was very easy to preach this when God had worked a miracle. I remember in May, she went back for tests in Morgantown, West Virginia, all the blood tests and everything that needed to be done. There was not a trace of cancer found inside of her body. God was healing her. She was gaining her weight. All these things were taking place. We went to Arizona and out west and other places in June, and we had such a wonderful time. Finally, when we got back from out west, two weeks later, Rachel began to be sick, and it scared us. We went to the doctor. The doctor made this statement. There's a one in a thousand chance for cancer to return the way it did in Rachel. But she was the one. She had to have another surgery, but this time they, they couldn't do it in Morgantown. She had to go to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She had to have what is considered a, a, a heated chemo treatment inside of her stomach, and all these things are involved in taking place. In January... My faith was so strong, so big. But this time in September, 
it was different. Something happened this time in my life, in the life of Rachel. Bless you, Rachel. I remember after the surgery, God began to speak to me about certain things. I think we ran out of battery on this one too now. I don't think the devil wants us to have this sort of I'm trying, I'm trying. I remember when the doctor came and said, We'll try that one. I don't want to be a distraction, but let's too late. I know. <laughs> Take that one. Does that one work? I remember when the doctor came, it's a good idea to check the batteries before every meeting, praise God, every service, every, check every mic, every battery. That's a good idea. I remember now, this time, my faith was different. And uh, two or three months later, after the surgery, on November 15th, Rachel passed and went to heaven. It was easy preaching this when I got my miracle. But now it's different. We went to Florida in January. I wasn't able to preach for almost seven months last year, staying with Rachel and doing all these particular things. When I finally began to preach again, we was in Florida in January, in Inverness, Florida. On Monday night, God said, preach 1 Peter chapter number four. I couldn't do it. I didn't want to do it. I remember on Tuesday, that particular meeting, God said, preach 1 Peter chapter number 4. And I couldn't do it. On Wednesday, I knew exactly what God wanted me to preach, but it was so different. And I told God once again, I couldn't do it. The last night I would be at that particular meeting, the Citrus County Camp Meeting in Inverness, Florida, on Thursday night, God said, preach 1 Peter chapter number 4. Finally, with the help of the Lord... I preach this passage. I want to say tonight, I believe every word of the Bible. But I don't understand every word of the Bible. I want to take this passage just quickly tonight. And I want to expound on these scriptures, this one particular paragraph. We understand this. This morning as we began, Peter was writing under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. Peter is writing to the suffering believers. He is writing to men and women that would literally, it is nothing that they had done except for serving the Lord Jesus Christ. God allowed this suffering inside of their life. Now watch what the Bible said in 1 Peter chapter number 4. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us, watch this, in the flesh, that reminds me, that shows me that Christ never suffered until he became a robe of flesh. There was never a time when Christ was in eternity, when he was with his Father, that he ever suffered until he took upon a robe of flesh. So notice what the Bible says, for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, notice this military term, Arm yourselves likewise. Be prepared. 
As long as I am in this flesh, as long as I am in this body, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. That literally means the same mentality, the same process. As long as we are in this body, whatever your spiritual situation, whatever the significance of your salvation may be, if you are in this body, there will be days of suffering. There will be days of pain. Have the mentality be prepared. You will suffer in this flesh. So watch the Bible. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Why? That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men. Watch this. To the will of God. God has many sons. God has many daughters. But he only has one perfect son. He only has one only begotten son. That literally means, that's an amazing word. There's only one son that came from the DNA and the genealogy of God. And that was the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what Peter just said? God, it was God's perfect will that his only begotten son would suffer in the flesh. Why? Verse number three, for the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought or prepare us the will of the Gentiles when we walk in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wines, revelings, banquetings, abominable adulteries, wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. For, emphasis, for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead. Why? That they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And above all things have fervent charity, godly love among yourselves. For charity cover, shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, that is salvation, that is your particular calling, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles or the utterances of God. That literally means anything that would cross your mouth as a child of God. It should be as the utterances of God. It should be as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. That God, watch this, that God, not in some, that God in all things may be glorified. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And now he is pausing in the paragraph. He is beginning a new statement, but he is not changing the subject. But he wants us to remind each other that everything that happens in our life as a child of God, it is for one reason, it is for one purpose, that God might be glorified in every trial, in every way of suffering, that in all things... Christ should be glorified. Yes. Let me say these four things. Number one, look at the attrition of suffering. Watch verse number 12, the very first word, beloved, that refers to the children of God that is speaking to those that are saved. He is not referring to the sinner. He is not referring to those that are lost. Beloved, think it not strange 
concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you it is a gradual reducing of strength of the sustaining pressure of the valleys and in the struggles and the tragedies in your life you know what Peter just said we shouldn't be shocked we shouldn't be surprised that God allowed this to happen. This was so easy to preach last year when I received my miracle. This was easy to say after God had healed my wife and taken all of the cancer out of her body. But now God is saying, you didn't get your miracle. She didn't get her healing I've heard so, so much ignorant things in the last two months as Rachel has passed on. I've heard this statement, and it's not true. I've heard it time and time again. Well, you, you ought to be praising God because she got her ultimate healing. No, she didn't. God didn't heal her body. God allowed her body to die. Her soul wasn't sick. Her soul didn't need healing. He allowed her soul to separate from her body. Do you understand? It was God's will. For her to suffer. For her soul to separate from this earthly body. And you know what Peter said? I shouldn't be shocked. Think it not strange concerning what? The fiery trial. Watch the Bible. Which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. Peter is writing to men and women that were dying for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Peter said, you ought not be shocked. It shouldn't surprise you when the doctor says you have cancer. You shouldn't be shocked when there's trials and troubles in your life as though some strange thing. But it's here to try you. It's here to test you. It's here that we might give God the glory. That's easy to say when God answers your prayer. That's easy to say when God heals your body. But it really doesn't matter if God answers your prayer or if God heals your body. We shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be shocked. It's all for the glory of God. Amen. You see the attrition of this suffering, but number two, look at the association of this suffering. Verse 13, he mentioned it in the first chapter this morning. But rejoice! Not in the trials, not in the sickness, not in the pain. In as much, it's an amazing word, to the extent of as ye, here's why we rejoice, ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Why? How can we rejoice, Peter, when those that are around us are dying, those that are being burnt at the stake? How could we ever rejoice? We're not rejoicing in the suffering. We're rejoicing in the association of the suffering. He said, because Christ suffered, you too will suffer, but we are associated with the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not more like Christ when you're dressed up carrying a King James Bible. You're more like Christ when you're suffering and you're giving God all the glory. Amen. You rejoice in the association. Number three, look at the acknowledgement of this suffering. Verse 14, if ye be reproached, literally insulted, for the name of Christ, it was mentioned this morning. Watch this word, happy are ye. That simply means this, you're blessed. If they're persecuting you for the name of Jesus, you're blessed. If you're suffering in the will of God, you're blessed. 
If you're suffering and it's not your fault and it's nothing that you have done, happy, blessed are you. That's easy to say when you get your miracle. That's easy to say when God heals your wife. But it's a different story when God doesn't answer your prayer. But you know what Peter said? Whether God does it or whether God doesn't do it, you're still a blessed child of God. We ought to be happy in knowing that in God all the glory shall be, all the glory will be. We must give him the glory for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he, God, is glorified. Then we mention the actions of the suffering in verse 15, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, as a thief, as an evildoer, as a busybody, of the men's matters. There's only two reasons that a Christian will suffer. It's either God allows it or it's my actions. There's only two reasons if you're truly saved, if you're truly a child of God. You say, well, God understands. God does understand. God is merciful. God is graceful. But it's my actions. There was a man many months ago, he, he wanted me to counsel him. He wanted me to pray for him. And I began to ask him some questions. And I asked him, how much do you read your Bible? He said, well, I don't do that very much. And how often do you pray? Well, I haven't prayed in a long time. Well, I notice you're not coming to the house of God. Well, we don't have time to be there. We're not, but no wonder he was having problems in his family. No wonder he's being messed up. It was his actions. There's only two reasons. There's the actions of your suffering. There's the acknowledgement of your suffering. But number five, and I'm done with this, look at the acclamation of your suffering. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, that simply means this, it's nothing you deserved, nothing you could do to stop it. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. But watch this. Let him glorify God on this behalf. Many years ago in the early 80s, there was a man preaching all over the country. It was on Dr. Falwell's show. It was on many nationally known shows and radio programs at that particular time. He was preaching the message, why do good people suffer bad things? It was a good message except for one thing. He never gave the answer. But Peter just gave the answer. It's for one reason that we would glorify God. So I wonder tonight, in your suffering, in your pain, in your valley, are you glorifying God? That was easy in June of last year. That was easy in May and April and March of last year when God healed my wife. But it's not that easy tonight. God said, if any man suffer, don't suffer because of your behavior. Amen. Suffer as a Christian and glorify God in this matter. So tonight, ever how you're suffering, tonight, whatever the valley, whatever the situation may be, I wonder, are you glorifying God on this behalf? I want you to stand with every head bowed and every eye closed. Adley, if you'll help us this evening. Every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around.
to suffer as a Christian. Just a moment, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask every child of God to come to this altar. And I want to remind you, I don't know how you're suffering. I don't know when you'll suffer. But according to the word of God, there will be days and times of suffering. So can I ask myself this question? Am I glorifying God on this behalf? May I ask you this question? Are you glorifying God in your valley, in your pain? 